we're so lucky to kick off our new podcast. The name is to be determined, to be honest. We have minted NFT LLC, NFT Inc., New Money, JT on the NFT. We'll figure out the name, but our goal is to bridge the gap between the centralized and the decentralized communities. For those that don't understand, the centralized communities are us corporate junkies. You work the nine to five, you work the tech hours, whatever makes you feel happy, you go home. That's the centralized world. The decentralized world is a world that I really don't understand. And so the goal of this podcast and the goal of what we're going to do over the course of these months and years is to bring in leaders in the industry and help us learn the decentralized community and actually how the decentralized community is really the centralized community. So with our first episode that we're kicking off, we have the absolute pleasure of having Brett Malinowski, the Brett way, the innovator, the creator, one of the most influential NFT project creators, influencers, bloggers, etc. The list goes on. And, and Brett has, has advised over seven different projects, minted four different ones, built Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, which we'll dive into, over $20 million in profit in five months. And Brett is going to help walk us through how he did it. Brett, welcome to the show. When you put it that way, it sounds pretty cool. Well, thanks for having me, Jeremy. I'm really excited. Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be here, my man. Hopefully we can break some barriers. Yeah, yeah, like you are the mastermind of NFTs. I like to say I'm the mastermind of entrepreneurship and startups. We want to we want to meld those worlds together. We want to help show people that it's not it's not crazy. You can build an NFT project. If you don't even know what an NFT is, you're at the right place. You're going to learn about NFTs. If you do know NFTs and you really want to build your own project, we're going to learn about that. And I think Brett, it will be really helpful just to get people to understand like when did you first learn about NFTs? So the very first time I ever heard about it was back in probably 2017, that big ICO mania phase, the big crypto bull run in 2017 when Bitcoin hit 20K. I saw the CryptoPunks come out and then I was dabbling with CryptoKitties by Dapper Labs, uh, but I never really got into it, never really bought any. I just watched it from afar. And then when the big crash of March 2021 happened, the big crash, uh, crypto kind of died out, kind of got a little boring. And so I was like, okay, maybe it's time to actually get into these NFTs things. And uh the market absolutely exploded. So we're typically seeing that when the price of Ethereum or any crypto goes down, NFT volume goes up very high. So I don't know what to, uh, how to explain that, but I think uh, for me, it was just that crypto got boring. All the excitement was in F NFTs and I just pretty much got addicted. That, that, that's awesome. So, I mean, it's context, it's early 2022. So you first learned about something five years ago. That's really not that long. And then you, you, know, you dabbled, things went away and then March, 2021, you get back into it. So again, it's like the time frame of this is, is less than a year. In less than a year, you become one of the biggest faces, biggest influencers in the industry, just by hard work and ethic. What really got you, you know, you talk about the big crash. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to get back into this. Like what made you want to get back into it? Well, for the most part, it was money. Like I think that's everyone that gets their attention and actually motivates them to like get past that learning curve is that there's a lot of opportunity to make a lot of money because there's so much volume and you hear all these stories of these pictures being sold for 10, 20, $30,000. You don't believe it. But once you get into it, you really start to see, okay, there's a, actually a lot to this. And then as you get more and more experience flipping NFTs, you start to actually get a deeper understanding of like the technology blockchain and what NFTs will actually enable in our world. And that is what made me like actually make the life commitment. Like this is the field I want to push forward to see mass adoption. Yeah, I mean, it. after reading the first white paper, reading the Bitcoin white paper really, you know, helped me simplify, it's, it's verifying transaction. Like, 
verifying transaction and the ease of that is the future. And it will definitely dive into this more and we'll have more resources on the Brett way as you get more advanced and, and how you actually just like go through that journey of buying NFTs, learning about the market, learning about the different blockchains and how they operate. So when, after that big crash, so when did you make that first purchase after that March, 2021 to really get back into it again? May, maybe May was when I really like actually was getting into it. I remember buying just very small NFTs. NBA Top Shot was really taking off. And then I got really into it in the summer. I bought some pudgy penguins, the Doge Pound, these earlier projects for dirt cheap. And then within two or three weeks, like I bought up like 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Within two or three weeks, my penguin went to over $10,000. And so it's pretty incredible, like how, how much opportunity there was to like actually get high returns on these investments. But clearly they're very risky. We always have to say it's not financial advice and uh, do your own research. But yeah, that's when I really got into it. That's when like flipping was my game. And that's why I decided to make my channel in the first place was because I had some experience. I had some success. I started to find like trends and what you could actually like look at and very pretty much understand from the start. Like this is a project that actually has good intentions to build. And so I would just share that knowledge with my audience because I know a lot of them didn't have the ability to do it full-time like I had been. So I just really wanted to give them that information that I was seeing all day, every day, keep them updated in a very concise manner. And clearly they got some value out of it. And that's, uh, that's the rest is history, I suppose. Yeah, and the NBA Top Shop, I mean, I think that's one of the easiest things that anyone that doesn't really understand NFTs to begin with, it's like I traded Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, you get the mm -hmm. MLB or the NBA cards. It's like, great, like, you're going to keep a whole book of those like stored in your closet and you're like, oh, wait, I had these cards. It's like, well, what if it's digital and what if it's in a wallet? And then what if I don't want it anymore? Like, how do I trade it to someone? So am I going to go on eBay and like list these cards then to ship them? It's like, who wants that? So like NBA Top Shop, like, okay, you love, you love uh, the NBA. Great. Like digital versions of that limited yep. editions, unique moments. That's like a pretty simple concept of like, what's an NFT? Do you like sports? Do you like trading cards? Okay, very first application. I think where people start to like, okay, the business world gets that. Okay, trading cards, boom. That that makes sense. Digital transactions, verifiable. That makes a lot of sense. But you start saying like Pudgy Penguin, Doge Pound, you start getting into all these other projects and people are like, well, where's the value? You talk about like community, like, what do you like? What do you mean? It's just like uh, the Doge Pound is that mocking Doge coin. Like, I like, I don't know. I'm the the, the business guy here, this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So like these are what we call like community-based profile picture projects. And so with cryptocurrency, there's this whole thing in the culture where you're anonymous. And so you're really using these profile pictures as a digital representation of yourself online. And so the great thing about these communities and why like, so first off, the utility is the picture. So you can use it in the digital world. But the real important thing here is the community, like you mentioned. And why is because we have all been, because of COVID-19 and whatnot, forced to live at, like, at home and stay online. And so you miss that human connection on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, if you join one of these communities, you get one of these profile pictures to represent yourself, you find thousands of other people that are all sharing this common interest in NFTs. And that's your little tribe on the internet. And so you're all in there, you're just sharing information, whether you like flipping NFTs, whether you like learning about innovation, taking on the space. These are just people that all have a common interest coming together and can be friends. It's that simple. Now, of course, there's multiple other utilities and fun things that you can do, but in the most general sense, that is the real value. And people really underestimate how powerful that can be. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I play Halo, we play Rocket League. <laughs> yeah. Like we'll, we'll get definitely get into esports here in a minute. Um, but you, you play these games and you spend 50 to hundred, $200 just buying in-game skins for any type of game, Fortnite, Apex, you name it. 
you're spending so much money on these games, Candy Crush, you get more lives and it's like, yeah. okay, so you just spent money on digital assets that only live in a game that you can never sell. And yeah, you can identify people when you play with them online, but like, then what? It's done. You, you're done playing that game and it's lost its value versus this project that you're like, okay, this is my identity. This is a way for me to connect with people. And if I feel I don't want to be a part of it, okay, I can sell it and be done. How, how are these communities increasing their value then? If you're buying these for, you know, 0.1 ETH or, you know, $200, $300, and then all of a sudden, a week later, it's now 5 ETH and it's trending. It's like, how are these projects gaining so much value and where's the value being derived from? Yeah, so you touched on gaming. That is why I understood the concept of NFTs so quickly because I played these games. I was one of those kids spending thousands of dollars on my parents' credit cards just to look cool in a game. That's all it was, just a cool looking skin to put on your gun and you look like the coolest, most badass guy in the lobby. So there's really three categories of NFTs that we see. So we touched on the profile picture, community-based projects. You touched on gaming, which I think is going to be by far the biggest industry we will ever see. And then third is going to just be like general art, like high-end art collectors, like the Mona Lisa or any museum, you know? So those three projects, those three styles, I should say, have all different unique traits. Obviously for gaming, it's going to be how you use it in the game, what advantages it gives you, or it's an aesthetic that makes you look cool. Art, just like really high-end artists, like investment, put it on your wall in the metaverse, great use case. Now these profile pictures in these communities, which I am my specialty, that's what Magic Mushroom Clubhouse is, you can do a wide variety and we call that utility. And so basically for the Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, I really took the approach to really build horizontally. So of course we have the picture, we have a little storyline and narrative that people can get behind and they join the community. But what we say is we're the best first NFT. We help you find your place in the NFT space because it moves so quickly and there's so much going on. And there's such a learning curve, especially for people who don't know anything about cryptocurrency. We really, our focus was to just make sure that we have a lot of very welcoming, friendly people to help make sure that people don't get taken advantage and get scammed. And then like we say, find their place. Do you want to actually trade and flip NFTs to make some money? Okay, we have some experts in this Discord channel where that's all they talk about. Do you actually want to actually figure out how to use this technology to make your life better or implement it into your business? Well, that's what we made the NFT Academy for. It's a full A to Z program that teaches you exactly what you need to do to actually create and mint out your successful project. And so on top of that, we have the Halo tournaments. Like if you're a gamer, if you are interested in NFTs and gaming, well, we have this Halo Discord where you can actually come in and find and play people, play with people that know about NFTs and love Halo. So we create all these little places for people. I view it like a little, like a small town, like in a small town, people need shoes, they need entertainment, they need food. So people make grocery stores, they make movie theaters, and then they just make shoe stores. So I view it the very similar way that these, I have a hub, like a hub of all these NFT people. And I just create all these different places where people with different interests can hang out, but they all have that one thing in common, which is NFTs. Yeah. I mean, I think the game, your gaming comparison makes so much sense. I mean, I remember playing Maple Story back in middle school and, and being able to like jump on and you'd have your people and your clans and you go attack and you go do challenges. And then there's something about whether you're an athlete and you play sports outside or a gamer, you play esports, or you're just play game solo. Like everyone mm -hmm. likes being part of communities, whether in person, whether 100%. digital and what discord is allowing is just allowing, you know, for those that don't use discord, think of Slack, but times like 50 and there's Same different thing. channels yep. and there's notifications like crazy. And like what, what Brett's describing is in this community, there are so many different ways for people to get involved. And it's like giving people an identity to be part of that network. So I think let's kind of dial back just a little bit. I mean, so you, so you made your first purchases in May 
of 2021. And then you realize, okay, I'm going to start this podcast. You're sharing your story. People are like, you know what? Like, okay, I like Brett. I, I like the Brett way. I understand what he's doing. And then like, there must've been a switch that said, I need to build. Like, what was that like switch where it was like, I, I like it's time to take it to the next level. Yeah. So I think it's very common. Like it's a natural progression in the NFT space is you first off you hear about it. And you're like, what the heck? That's stupid. Like, why are people paying hundred dollars for a JPEG? And then you learn about it. You see what other people are doing. Like, okay, I buy my first JPEG. Like, wow, I just spent like $3,000 on a picture of a dog. And then a week or two goes by and then a project does well because you did your research and you got in the right one. And you're like, holy crap, I just made $10,000 on an NFT. And then from there you flip, you do pretty well. And then you start realizing, okay, I'm making good money flipping NFTs. But every time I'm flipping one of these NFTs, the project that I'm buying it from is getting a royalty per transaction. And on top of that, they sold 10,000 of these for around $200 each. Then you just have that light click, like, oh my God, like they are making millions of dollars from this and the royalties are passive and forever. And so I've been an entrepreneur my whole life and I saw that opportunity and I knew I had a deep understanding of this and I've been doing it pretty well. And I think I saw all these projects, what I, the reason I got into them and all of basically the most, like the best parts of their project I put together. I was like, okay, I think we can do this. Made our project match mushroom clubhouse. And of course the rest is history. We sold out in 17 minutes and netted over $1.5 million profit. So let's, let's double down on that. So the process of NFTs are stupid. I don't understand. I think it's like, I think it's honestly rejection of not understanding. I mean, it took so long for me Normal. to just like take the first step of like, okay, everyone keeps posting about these NFTs. It's becoming more popular. Like I just need to like learn. And so then mm -hmm. it's like, you Google, what is NFT? You try to look for podcasts, which there's very few that actually exist that like are talking to actual NFT creators. They may talk to people that are part of it, but it's like, we're going to talk to creators that have built these projects that uh, 12 months ago, we're just sitting in the position of you listening right now, not even owning a potential NFT. Maybe you have a couple having no idea what the system is and just going and spending time. You, you start understanding, okay, these projects do have value. There's different capacities in which we can be part of an NFT, whether for the longevity, whether we be part of a community, the impact, et cetera. And then you realize, okay, let's do simple math. 10,000 NFTs that sell for 200 a piece. Okay, there's $2 million. Got it. Okay. So to do that, though, it sounds like great. Oh, wow. 10,000 times 200. Beautiful. $2 million. Fantastic. Get some royalties. But there definitely is like, okay, there's the art and design. There's building the smart contracts. There's understanding, okay, well, which platform do I list on? Do, am I on an open C? Am I doing FTX? Is it Solana? Is it Ethereum? Okay. Now you start getting into the, the coins and now there's some more research. Then there's like, okay, it seems all high and mighty. I can go do this. And then it's like, oh, then you start facing reality of like, how do I, how do I go to market with this? So you realize, okay, I've been buying, I've been selling, I've been flipping, I'm making money. I'm going to build my own. Like, how do you figure out who to talk to next? Dude, there's no, like, there's no, no replacement of experience. Like there's no way around it. You have to like invest the time. And so if you don't even know about cryptocurrency, culture is so important. You need to understand, like, this is where we talk about the centralized versus the decentralized. They are completely opposite. The whole reason crypto was made is that there couldn't be any judgment, no prejudices, no discrimination over people. The whole idea is that you're anonymous and you can't get denied financial services 
based on who you are, what background you have. And so that's ingrained in the culture. And so you need to really understand that that's what people, that's what's going to appeal to people. And so the really, you have, hmm, I don't know how I want to say this. It's really important to just make sure you're paying attention to trends and you're respecting who built this and why they built it and what it's all about. But if you can start identifying different ways to add value to people's lives in a decentralized anonymous way, you're going to succeed. And so it's just little points that you pick up as you go. And really you'll just try to find your own specific angle that you think will benefit the most people. So, so like you're, you're obviously you, when you're buying and selling NFTs, you're like following them on Twitter, you're in their discords, you're going to their website, brands are releasing white papers, which are giving an overview of, Hey, here's our business plan. This is going to be the community we're going to build here. Are the events we're going to put on, if there's a utility or there's going to be a DAO, um, like we will eventually build uh, voting rights for members and give you incentives, X, Y, Z. You start reading up on these. So then you're starting to get an understanding of when you say do your research, you're literally saying like, if you're selling a technology product and your technology product has 10 competitors in the industry, you probably want to learn and understand like, what are the competitors doing that we don't do? So we can understand how to position our SaaS product or our technology product in the market. It's the same thing. It seems like for the NFTs where people are building projects, there's different philosophies, maybe on how the artwork is built or why they're building an NFT. And then you're just taking observations. What were some, so you mentioned something, but what were some of those like big projects that were the influence uh, to really get you into Magic Mushroom Clubhouse? Yeah. So the Doge Pound was one of my first projects that I got really invested in. And that's actually why I wanted to start making YouTube videos was for them. Like I was so invested in that community and felt so like such a strong connection to these people that I had a skill set. I'm good at making videos and I'm good at marketing. So I figured, okay, I'm going to help people figure out how to buy an NFT so they can actually get into this Doge Pound and join this awesome community as well. So that's a community that I'm very attached to. Now the Pudgy Penguins, they showed that cute art is all you need to really get people excited. And so I realized Q art from the Pudgy Penguins, a really strong community. And on top of that, why is everyone here flipping NFTs? And so the Doge Pound did what we call a launch pad, where basically since they have a really strong community and a lot of people that they'll get like basically mints from other projects, they'll get like 500 to a thousand spots and then just give them to community members only. So that way we benefit as community members because we get on these new projects and these good projects early. And then the other project benefits because now they have a community of other great community members joining their community as well. And so the launch pad was something I really liked. Now we've seen people like the CyberKongs, which is another project that completely innovated in the space. They're the first ones to really implement the DAO and a utility token, where basically it's a community-led project and they have this token where you implement staking, meaning you put your NFT on their website and basically agree not to sell it. And every day that you agree not to sell it, you get rewarded these tokens. And then with these tokens, after you collect enough, you could actually mint a free NFT. And so they implemented that very well. And so I kind of brought the three together and that's how we decided to go with the Magic Mushroom Clubhouse. We wanted to make it a community-led project where people that all over the world could come together and help make decisions on the direction of the project. And so of course we took a lot of the money from the mint, put that into what we call a DAO treasury. And now they have the ability to allocate those funds in any way possible. Wow, that, Brett. Simple as that, right? It's just very simple. I'm trying to just like decouple <laughs> and go back to like, all right, let, let, let's go back to the basics there. I think there are a couple of things that are really fascinating is this launch pad idea. I mean, I think about it, you know, 
Um, I'm a partner at the DoorDash Angel Syndicate, and we help do angel investing in mm-hmm. companies that are, you know, seed to Series D. So these are companies that are raising traditional money, and so we are a group of individuals that help um, fundraise capital, help advise these startups to get through their different stages of their company. And so this Launchpad is similar in a sense where it's a community of of members as part of an NFT project that say, you know what, hey Brett, you're going to start a new project give us some of the, the mints. So give us some of the items that people are going to mint to then be able to own and then sell potentially if they'd like to. And we're going to offer that to our community. So you're giving an allocation of the resources and saying, hey, we value this community as part of being in this community. We're going to give this to you and we're going to help promote and launch the project. So you're really helping these projects really get off the ground. So, so, so you when you realize and you're seeing that you're like, okay, I want to be a part of the launch pad. Like I want to get launched. I want to build this thing. You still need to find an artist. You still need to find a smart contractor to write these contracts into there. You know, did you just get lucky knowing people? Like if you don't know people, did you find people in the discord? Like how do you, how do you find those key people? Yeah. For me, I kind of just pulled a ragtag team of all the people I've met in my life. Like I said, I've been an entrepreneur. So I have met some people with very similar skill sets. And so I kind of handpicked them. Of course, my girlfriend was the is a graphic designer. So I had the artist in the bag right there. We kind of came up with the idea together because we were both getting into NFTs together. And so art was right there. And then my other partner in my software company that I had uh, knew how to code. And so he was very good at uh, actually learning how to build teams and get the right people on and managing development teams. And so that was really helpful. He was able to find a Solidity developer who actually ended up teaching him. And then, of course, I needed a Discord manager. So I had my best friend who was working with us actually just tackle Discord and learned it from scratch on his own without me having to do anything. He learned all of it from scratch. And then a few other people, copywriters, website builders, were all just people I'd met along the way in my entrepreneurship journey. So luckily, I had the network built up. But for most people, they always are typically either good at one or two of the the four things you need. You need a website solidity developer. You need an artist. You're going to need a social media marketer. And then you're going to, of course, you're going to need someone to actually manage the community. And so that those are the four pieces. Typically, we have people that are really good developers, really technically sound, but they have no idea how to get the word out or vice versa. They have really good ideas, really good brand, but they can't get the technical side. And so that's why these Discord communities are great because you're all there to collaborate and help each other. And that's really what gave me the most appeal about this decentralized NFT world is that everyone was so friendly and so willing to actually help each other build and succeed in what they wanted to do. Well, and, and the graphic designer, I mean, obviously your girlfriend and then uh, the, the coder that you knew, I mean, they had never designed for NFTs. They had never mm-hmm. coded smart contracts. So Again, it's a, a common theme of people are, are all learning at the same standpoint. And, you know, with it just being the beginning of 2022, like you're not late to figuring this mm-hmm. out. And it's not like this is too crazy to, to spend the time and research to understand, but you just have to be very deliberate and focused of like, okay, if I've done research, I've looked at other projects, I have a vision of like what I want to accomplish, then it's like, okay. Well, you need to build a good website. You need to be able to, um, what was the word you used? said? Website. Minting functionality, solidity developer. Minting Sol- functionality. You need solidity yeah. developer. So there you yeah. go. Things I don't know, solidity developer. <laughs> go on a Discord channel and ask for one. There you go. Someone will probably help you out. You need an artist. You need a social media manager. You need a community manager. And then all the other assets and, and team members that you bring on just help 
build the long-term vision, just like a company. You need someone that runs marketing, some that runs operations, some that runs sales, some that runs finance. And then you need someone leading the, the charge. And then you need PR and comms to get the word out. So again, the, the foundation of an NFT project is the exact same thing as standing in, if I want to build a clothing store and I want to sell t-shirts and have branded t-shirts, the same work that goes into getting a business license getting rent space, like figuring out how to use Shopify or use a website or use someone to help build your e-commerce platform. Like if I want to go build a clothing company and have a retail store, that's going to be the same thing that it's going to take to build this NFT project. And I think that's, as again, we're trying to help bridge the gap that building a business in quote unquote traditional business world and building a business in a decentralized community, they're very similar in what it Cons takes to actually stand them up conceptually you're you're trying to achieve the same goal and we were from the centralized world as well and that's the approach we took but it, the really the key differentiating factor between a centralized and a decentralized project like this is with a decentralized project you typically start with a vision that people can rally behind and people pretty much they don't donate their time or just you know just give their time for free but they put the work in with a common goal up front and then they'll get rewarded in the long run which sounds like sweat equity in a sense but it's different because they're gonna actually have like a Dow treasury and people, instead of getting paid a salary for working, they just get rewarded for the jobs that they do as they go. And so it's a lot like a contractor, but everybody is an owner. It's not like there's 10 shareholders and then there's employees. It's if you are a part of this community, you are an owner and however many, however many tokens or however many NFTs you have is how many votes you get. And so instead of just having hierarchies where people get paid less and less down the line, it's just simply voting rights down less and less down the line, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think like, as we think about the future of the workforce, right? Like how many people go to school and are like, I want to work a nine to five and I want to work in corporate America and I want to work for the same company for 30 years. I want to build my retirement. Then I want to retire. It's like literally like the world in which your jobs, the world in which how you can go about getting employment is changing so quickly in the, this, the decentralized community of saying, I want to be part of an organization. Again, vision. Like, what do you think Tesla, how do they get so many people to buy into these cars and the vision that Elon and Musk is creating? It's like, it's literally the same thing. You have a vision, you have, you have a goal, you get people that like want to work in the community and then you reward them by either the tokens that you've talked about or voting rights, then the royalties that every time the NFT is sold, there's royalties that go back to the project. And depending on the vision, and what the organization or the project has stated is going to do with the funds, you can clearly see, hey, if, if I see that they're going to reinvest this into launching new projects or helping community members or standing up mental health awareness or donating to philanthropies that I believe in, it's like you can tangibly see where these projects are going to evolve. Yeah. And one key difference, I guess, would be easier to explain is that there's not like job interviews. Like these people are not going into an NFT community saying, hey, can I get interviewed by the founder? Could, can the Brettway interview me to come work out? No, like in a decentralized community, there's like X, Y, and Z need to get done, like a job posting board. And people that are interested and want to help out the community see that and can get the task done. And in return, the DAO will vote to basically reward them in a token, Ethereum, for doing the work. And so it's just, you could like, you can be in three different communities and just float around as just a member of these communities and contribute your skill set in each one and you'll get rewarded by each one. And so similar to a contractor in a sense, but there's no like agreement or interview, you just do it, you get rewarded. 
it's just like Upwork. I mean, there's been many times where I'm like, I need to scrape a hundred thousand businesses and upload this data. So then I have a five page detailed outline of like, here's exactly what I need to be done because if someone messes it up, then you have to like redo the entire project. You go to Upwork, you have to see, oh, are we going to verify this person good? Do we want to interview them again? It's like that process is even broken of like simple tasks. It's like, we need help building this website. Okay, boom, people build this and then it's sent to the the community and then they vote. Okay, does this make sense? Yes or no? Boom, okay, <laughs> done. Next one. And, and you can float. And then to your exact point, like, you started out with the Doge Pound of like, you are a creator, like you are great at content and building videos and editing. And you're like, I, you said you're so invested in this community. And then that is what kind of just led you to building more videos and exactly. building more videos. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, people care about what I'm saying because I'm so passionate and it's genuine that you're like, why don't I just double down on this? Like you it's, literally were, you were that member. You were that member going group to group 100%. being like, I make great videos. I love this. Exactly. All of a sudden it's like you, you found your path. And it's, and it's intrinsic motivation. So like the project does well, I do well because then the floor is going to go up and I own these NFTs. So it's almost like I'm doing it for a selfish reason in a sense, but at the same time, no, because I do just want more people to come in and be a part of this community. I didn't, no one asked me to make those videos. I just took it upon myself, made the videos. They didn't even acknowledge it, but it did well and it helped the community and it got thousands of views. And so that's a win in my mind. That's why I did it. Yeah. And I think it's so fascinating that you like, not like you fell into this. I mean, you were very deliberate, like, okay, May, 2021, like there is a huge crash. People don't believe this, but like blockchain makes a lot of sense <laughs> because like, it's the future. Like, why would I ever buy a car and have to deal with figuring out the paperwork when it's like, I should buy it. Someone should verify that Volvo made the car. And then now it's in Jeremy Terman's name because it's in the blockchain. And if I want to sell the car, great. Now it just gets added to the node and then boom, like the chain of events are like realized. So like blockchain is the future. We will always talk about this. <laughs> like blockchain is going to revolutionize like how business, like how any contract is done and like verifying ownership, like that's going to happen. So you knew that was going to happen. You spent the time and energy you build, you, you build in communities and you're like, okay, I found the right team. I assembled them. How did you find then your vision? Like, how did you know you're like, this is where I want magic mushroom clubhouse. And we also have to talk about how did you come up with the name magic mushroom? Clubhouse? <laughs> okay. Well, first off, I want to say, so I was explaining like the, the virtuous, the idea, the ideals of a decentralized community. I think all of these like decentralization, centralization is just a spectrum. And so I think we found a happy middle ground. So like we have a founding team for the Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, but on top of that, we have a decentralized community. So decentralized communities are really the opposite where instead of, like I said earlier, you get a paycheck, you do the work, you get a paycheck. This is like you do the work and you might get rewarded if it's quality and we benefit from it. And so it's more like a volunteer basis on the decentralized side. And so for us, the Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, my girlfriend just liked mushrooms. Like, like she just loved, she thought they were cute. Not like the drug or anything. She just thought they were cute and would always draw them in her free time. And when we were getting into NFTs, it was like, holy shit, sorry for cussing, but oh my God, this is something that people would really like. This is really cute. Like the penguins, you should do a generative art set like this. She loved the idea. She was already in NFTs with me. And then it just came from there. I mean, Magic Mushroom Clubhouse was just a play on words. Clubhouse was a good synonym for a community. And it really is a, it's like a central hub for people in the NFT space to come together, hang out, play ping pong, play VR, hang out with your friends. And then we have all these different activities we can go around in the metaverse and do together. So that's how the idea came to be. 
And then, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think, I think a better blend of centralization and decentralization is the most effective way to actually get things done. Um, full de decentralization, you're obviously going to hit bottlenecks when you have to get 2,000 people to vote on one decision. So we have our admin team that has certain responsibilities, and then our decentralized DAO and our community-led treasury that are in charge of other things that they want to, basically, it's their world. And so, you, again, you're, you're bridging the gap. You're taking, you're not exactly. saying, like, screw like business and how it works today in the corporate community it's like okay let's learn like core business foundations leadership motivating a team empowering others pointing a vision of where this is going to go and then tapping into the decentralized community and being like we only know this thing will be successful if it isn't for you guys like it will only be you guys that make this successful and so the continued growth and longevity has to be done through the DAO, through the decentralized community and getting those community members that believe in what's happening. Those are the folks that are going to help create the next set of ideas. And there's been a few projects that have come from the decentralized community, right? You. So this is what I want to focus, uh, touch on. This is a very good point. The reason a lot of people, well, not the reason, but people don't mention this. Like the reason a lot of people are there and contributing to these decentralized communities is fully for fulfillment and they feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves and it's out of pure intrinsic motivation because they're interested like we have like extremely high level people in our community which always blows my mind one of our biggest contributors is an aerospace engineer i have hedge fund managers top accountants top like business execs that i talk to on a daily basis all coming together that are just here to talk about how to make the magic mushroom clubhouse better and they're spending hours a day for months like hundreds of hours without asking for anything in return as paying them would almost take the fun out of it because this is just like a hobby. And so for decentralization, was your question, what have we accomplished? You said what projects yeah, have we funded? I, yeah, so like much. Share, okay. like, yeah, so, like, share, like okay. share what's been built from this. It's crazy. So Match Question Clubhouse, we have a full-time therapist or we call them mental health sessions where we have three people that anytime any of our holders want to have a one-on-one -on -one session with someone to talk about their mental health, then go to our Zen Den where every day we do mindfulness lessons. We do weekly calls to do like meditation. So we have a whole like therapy session because Magic Mushroom Clubhouse is really passionate on medicinal mushroom research and pushing that forward for mental health. So that's one aspect. And then we have a lot of different software tools because we had a lot, of, we attracted a lot of developers really early. So different software tools to help traders build in the NFT space and all the profit from that goes back into our Dallas treasury. On top of that, we did our Halo tournaments, like you said. I know you're big in the esports. So our very first Halo tournament, we had multiple professional Halo teams. We put up a prize money out of the DAO's treasury, attracted a lot of the top talent in the space. We were actually number one trending on Twitch's homepage for Halo. And so we have all these different projects without that I don't even know about half the time. But we created this really special group of people that got built real personal relationships. And this is like our little tribe on the internet. So when I'm on Twitter and I see mushrooms interacting out there, that's kind of a sign that this is like something that people are really excited about. And that's really the biggest thing people can do to support any NFT project is actually use it as their profile picture. Which it's just like being a sports fan, right? Like Katie exactly. and I just got into F1 racing and we went to the first <laughs> F1 yes. event in, in Austin and there are, you know, a couple hundred thousand people there watching these racers that like no one is from America. Like they're all across the world, mm -hmm. but like you see someone wearing a McLaren shirt and you're like, that you're my friend. Like, or immediately it's like you're a part of my tribe you're my person exactly so, connection exactly and so the the these nfts are identifying it's the same thing as i love the chiefs you love the chiefs like when they when they win we're super pumped you see someone in a different city this weekend you, too this, this weekend crazy. too yeah. <laughs> exactly you you see you're in the airport and you see someone wearing a, a shirt that where you were into college and it's like wow you're like you immediately 
build connection. And you're exactly right. These NFT projects are identity. These are just a part of someone's hobby. Is it a full-time job? Potentially. Is it something they do on the side for fun? And it's like, well, why would I pay them? It's like, this is this, they're doing this to just find fulfillment. And I think that's a whole element that's like missed in this where people are like, these are just a bunch of JPEGs. It's like, okay, well, what if someone doesn't think soccer is a good sport? And they're like, oh, soccer is just dumb. It's like, they're all different interests or all different communities. And I think as we see the evolution of this coming up on your first year, mm-hmm. it's like, look how much has scaled in just the last nine months. And this is like, we've only scratched the surface. This is like 1%. And this is like the most basic rudimentary use case of NFTs is to assign ownership to a picture of an animal. Like that's all we're doing right now. Long-term vision, this is going to be the best way to verify ownership of any digital or physical item. I talk about it all the time. House deeds will be NFTs. Car titles will be NFTs. This technology is here for the long run. But right now, this is how we're using it in the most easy way for people to understand. And I don't think most people will even know in the future that their house title is an NFT or their house deed is an NFT. It'll just be natural and expected because it eliminates friction. I know that's your favorite saying in the centralized world. And so it's just a better way to do things. And the better technology, in my opinion, always wins. And if we look at a, like a trend line of adoption, comparing the internet to NFTs, it is exactly identical to the internet at large at a macro scale. And right now we're in 1998. So we're in 1998 and the dot-com boom is just a couple of years away. Yeah. The, we, the NF- we haven't even, there's only a million people on OpenSea. Only 250,000 wallets were using OpenSea last month. And only a million people have been using NFTs. And this is a technology that I think will impact billions. So that's how early we are. The dot-com bubble, I still think, is just a few years away. Maybe the next cycle. Yeah. It's, and that's the stuff where it's, you know, just trying to put that in perspective. It's like, could you imagine like not using Google? Like no, kids these days. I, that- I, I'm the kid. I've had a computer since kindergarten. I've never not had a computer in my life. And I understood like I was in the crypto in high school. So it's still very bizarre to me that people don't get it. But when you take a step back and look at like from a macro perspective, we are extremely early and this technology will like devour our world. Yeah. I mean, uh, any kid born will have iPads, iPhones, mm-hmm. Android devices, computers, Apple watches, like smart TVs, like the pace at which technology is growing is just further going to um, speed up using technology to make life more efficient. And, uh, you know, we've definitely talked about today with like the Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, how this has been part of community and vision and building a community around this and then seeing all the branches of how that's been split off. So as you think about, you know, the future and the, the next year of Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, you know, knowing that you've set up the DAO, that you have your, your team in place, like what are the core things that you're focused on now, now that the project's evolved and gotten to new levels? My mission is to disrupt the education space. I think education should 100% be sold as NFTs because right now the system is you go to college in America, at least you go to college, you take on a $60,000 loan at the age of 18. You really don't know what you want to do. And then you come out of it, you have a degree, but you're $60,000 in debt. Well, if you sell education as an NFT, you actually own that NFT. So you can go to school for four years. You have, you have to pay the same amount up front, but at least you own it. And then when you graduate, you can sell it to the next incoming like, student. And then on top of that, every time you sell it, the schools will still be able to take a royalty to actually be able to pay their staff and continue to grow and build their curriculum. And so I think it's a much more win-win-win scenario. And so for the Magic Mushroom Clubhouse, we have the DAO taking care of everything internally, how everything wants to operate. 
but I view it as the admin team. It's our goal to spread horizontally and build the brand. And so that's exactly what we're doing with our NFC Academy. It's the very first thing that we're focused on right now. And we're actually launching Wednesday, the January 26th, 2022. I, I guess I don't want to say tomorrow because people might be listening to this whenever, but it's something that I'm very passionate about because like I said, that natural progression, first you reject, then you buy it in your mind blown, then you make money and then you want to build. And so we think that we are going to lead the next generation of builders. And that's exactly what we're setting out to do. Teaching everybody literally from A to Z, every step, what you need to do to actually launch, create, build a successful NFT project. So education. And I mean, education is so crucial. And I think, you know, your plan of, of schools adopting that could take decades. To, it's going to take a long evolve. time. It's going to take it a long time. It the bottom line. It, it gives money and power back to the consumer. Same with video games. Video games have been hogging this gross revenue like of these microtransactions off of kids, putting all their money into the ecosystem. But once it's out, you can't do anything with it. And so it's going to cut into the margins, but it's on the consumers to demand this. Like they have to make this the expectation. Like un until consumers won't buy a video game, unless it's an NFT, they're going to keep getting away with it. Yeah, so fascinating. Well, in that NFT Academy, I mean, I think, you know, folks that are listening that, are, are along the stage of maybe they're, they're past the rejection. They've done a couple of trades themselves and they're realizing, Hey, I really need to get into this. It sounds like you've, you've truly built out, you know, really diving into all the different segments that we've talked about today, but building out video by video of, okay, here's how you build those smart contracts. Here's how you develop the art. Here's how you think about how many items you should have in the NFT. And then what's the vision for that? And how do you engage your communities? How do you build a discord? So really look forward to, to learning more and being part of the NFT Academy as well and being able to help share that to our audience because we think that, you know, the goal of this is we can help bridge the gap and you're an entrepreneur and you feel like this is something you want to take on. We want to give you the resources. And even if you don't want to get into NFTs and you're just trying to learn, the goal of all of this is to get an understanding of how similar are these worlds. And it's all the same and it's not as foreign as you really think it just takes time and research. And I think, you know, we're fortunate to have leaders like the Brett way you can follow Brett on, on YouTube and Twitter to really get his content and really understand like, what are the trends that are happening? And I think the community that you've built Brett and seeing the, the growth of those influencers, and those will be the folks that will continue to bring onto the podcast and get their opinions of showing that look in eight months, you went from buying the first NFT to now having helped over $20 million in profit across dozens of projects. And you're not even stopping. This is just the beginning. And so seeing that you can build all of that, if you are out there and you want to be part of this community, this is just the beginning. I think it's safe to say there is a strategy. And, and like I think it's safe to say there's an NFT strategy for every single business model out there. Like without a doubt, there's just a better way to do things. And it creates a win-win-win scenario across the board. So if you want to get involved, I highly recommend doing it sooner than later, because this is going to be here eventually. And the more you get ahead of it, the bigger advantage you're going to have. Well, Brett, I definitely appreciate you being the first guest. I think we'll probably have to have you on in future episodes, surprise bonus features, TBD. This will be the first YouTube video I'll ever be uploading. So this will just be a whole bunch of news. And I think it just shows it's like, I realize, and I've seen this space and it's, you know, why not? Why not help people that are like myself that work in startups or work in corporate America that I've spent so long thinking about this and, you know, what's the best way then, you know, I I've done podcasts before. I really enjoy building and scaling. Why not take those same skill set and apply it to this? I'm not 
building NFT projects, although I may stay tuned, but, uh, you know, taking what I feel comfortable in the quote unquote centralized world and trying to enter that into the decentralized and just taking risks, taking a jump, taking a leap of faith, get uncomfortable doing something that you're not familiar with. And we'll, you'll see where it grows. There's no harm. What you're doing with this podcast is crucial. You're pushing the needle in the right direction. And I could not appreciate you more, Jeremy. Thank you for everything you've done for me. And thank you for everything you're doing with this whole podcast and this whole project. Awesome. Is, is that it? <laughs> That's a, I don't know. He just said goodbye. Out. He just said, awesome. And see you on the next episode. Subscribe. <laughs> Hit the like and subscribe. Boom. You got to have that call to action. Dude, that I was know. perfect. That was great. I really enjoyed that. And you nailed it. Thank you.